The Soccer Gambling Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our Patreons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. You are listening to your FIFA Women's World Cup update here, focusing on the match day two games from the FIFA Women's World Cup here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my other Twitter account where I talk about all sports. That is at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's also the Twitter account where I always post my monthly PL and I pin that as the pinned tweet. So at the moment, you can look at my pinned tweet for the month of June. I am a transparent and tracked handicapper who has delivered 121 months in a row of transparent, transparent track profit. That means for over a decade, I have not had one single losing month in sports betting. So to clarify, obviously I've had losing days, significant losing days. I have had losing weeks as well. But overall, I always managed to bring it back over the course of a 30-day period. And so far, 121 months in a row, I have managed to deliver a profit. So once the pin suite gets swapped, so once we swap the month of June for the month of July, the month of June will be posted over on the website lockbetting.com. That's where you can do your research on me and you can look at all of the old previous spreadsheets. I encourage anybody and everyone to actually do their due, due diligence, do their research before they sign up to anything else that I do because that's why I have kept a record, unlike all of the other handicappers, especially the clowns that you see on gambling Twitter. So let's move forward with covering these second round matches. This is going to be a key game show where we focus just on the key games. And we actually have a few of them, some very interesting things to look at, because what the first round definitely didn't see was a huge gulf in quality. We did not see these favourites coming out and blasting teams out of the water immediately. We saw a good performance from Spain. We saw a good performance from Japan, Germany and Brazil. But other than that, most of the teams were very underwhelming. The host nation, Australia, were underwhelming. The USA were massively underwhelming, in my opinion, and so were England. So, Lots to do here for these sides. Let's start with looking at the game here between Canada and the Republic of Ireland. Canada were expected to be challengers here in this group as they are Olympic champions, but they started with a disappointing draw against Nigeria. They come in here as the 7-10 favourites to beat the Irish, who are the 92 underdogs, and it's 23-10 here on the draw. 
Obviously, going into the tournament, you'd have expected shorter odds on the Canadians. So I think this is a decent line here for Canada to bounce back from that draw in uh, in match day one. Ireland actually missed quite a few chances in their loss against Australia. And you would think that would be a reason to be scared to take Canada here. But for me... I think Australia were nervous in that game and the lack of chances is actually symptomatic of a side that's proven that they are poor goal scorers at this level. The four strikers in the Irish team have actually only scored 10 international goals between them and they come into this one having lost four of their last five games to nil. So you would think that they would need to score a couple of goals here to beat Canada, who I think should be short of favourites to win this game. So I think we're getting some line value here on a team who have kept a clean sheet in 11 of their last 13 victories, really kind of highlighting how difficult this task would be for the Irish, given their lack of goals and given that Canada are very defensively solid. The Irish have scored in just one of their last six games. They've lost to Neil in four of their last five, as I said. And I really like the Canadians to bounce back with a win here. I like them on the money line here at 7-10. to 10. Or you can be a little bit braver and take the Canadians to win to nil. This is a plus money selection. Significant plus money here at 6-4 plus 150. And I would certainly be looking at a sprinkle on that on top of Canada to pick up the win on the money line here against the Irish tomorrow in this one. Before we move on to looking at the game between the USA and the Netherlands, the USA's second match in the World Cup, let me quickly tell you guys once again about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Do your part in the war against corporate gambling and sign up for the SGP Patreon, where you'll get tons of exclusive content, contests and merch just for our patrons. Plus, a monthly SGP Stories podcast and an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. There is even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon to get involved. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. It's time to look at the game here between USA and the Netherlands, a game that could decide who goes on to win this group. The USA are the same price as the Canadians were. They're at 7-10 to 10 on the money line. It's 5-2 to two here on the draw, and the Netherlands are the 4-1 to one underdogs. Without Meyer, the Netherlands are not the same team who have been successful over the years. This is a repeat of the FIFA Women's World Cup final from 2019, which saw the USA run out as the 2-0 winners. The Netherlands come into this one winless in their last nine meetings with the USA in all competitions. They've lost eight times and they've conceded at least two goals in each of those games, conceding 28 in total. Now, the USA did not look impressive in their 3-0 win against Vietnam, they obviously dominated the game. 
They've now won 13 straight matches at the World Cup, a run stretching back to 2015 when they drew a game against Sweden. But I feel that they seriously lacked the cutting edge in that game. And Alex Morgan, I don't think, has ever looked worse. I think that was the worst Alex Morgan performance that I've seen. And they're relying on Alex Morgan here in this competition. She is supposed to be there to score the goals and did not contribute anything in the game against Vietnam other than the penalty miss. Now, USA did, for the plus side of things, did take 28 shots in that game, but only hit the target with seven of them. Um, They were solid defensively and he did not allow Vietnam to get a shot off. But that kind of proves that, that Vietnam were not a competent opponent for the US and they only put them away by a 3-0 scoreline. I think this may be more of an issue later on in the tournament rather than here against the Netherlands. The Netherlands got themselves off the mark with a 1-0 win against Portugal. Um, They managed themselves to only produce 12 shots with five on target, um, reducing Portugal to two shots with one hitting the target. So both teams come in here with relatively comfortable wins behind them but as I said I would be concerned if I was a US supporter because you really want to be starting that game with a 6-0 7-0 win the handicap for that game was minus six and a half and the US just massively underperformed that line but history is on their side I can see USA being a little bit more focused I wouldn't say in any way that they were complacent because anybody who watched that game would have seen that USA were chasing balls down and they were trying to create wave after wave of attack after attack. They were even aggressive, giving away fouls in their own half whilst trying to win possession again, desperately trying to score and run up the scoreline. So this wasn't a case of USA at any point settling for a 3-0. And that, for me, is most worrying. But it's worrying, I think, later on down in the competition. We do have USA to win this group. I think that will be something that comes to fruition. But as for USA to reach the semi-final, I don't know if they're going to necessarily breeze past their projected quarterfinal and last 16 opponents as comfortably as I thought they were going to when the draw was made. So some causes for concern, hopefully for you guys and for me, we do see a much better version of the USA turning up and turning those chances into goals. I would argue there may have been a little bit of rust. I would argue that there's an adjustment period playing in Australia is a big time difference. But I wouldn't say that they were complacent. I do think that they were trying their very best to put the ball in the back of the net. I also think that you could argue that some people played very, very poorly and I don't expect them to play that poorly again. If that's Alex Morgan's level now, then the USA are going to be desperately relying on Smith and everything's going to be on the shoulders of Sophia Smith moving forward here in this tournament. But I think they'll have enough to get this win against the Netherlands. Even if the USA don't win this game, they should still be able to go on and win the group on goal difference because you would expect them to get a better win against Portugal than a 1-0 scoreline. Whilst at the same time, what I would be concerned about is a 3-0 win enough against Vietnam. That's probably selling Vietnam slightly short because one theme of this tournament has been the poor teams aren't as bad as what they've usually been. So the gap has seemingly closed in women's football. A lot of teams are capable of playing that defensive low block, as the USA and England found out. And unlike the men, 
and this isn't being sexist at all, it's just a fact from what I've seen, they don't seem to have the ability to be able to unlock the door. They don't seem to have the skill set to be able to break down a low block at this point. Now, we've seen certain teams who have been able to do that. I was very impressed by Germany and Brazil, more so by Brazil, even though that was a lesser scoreline, they did show the ability to carve teams open with skill and they were also able to wing balls in the air. We've seen a lot of crosses going in in this Women's World Cup and the heading has been almost as poor as the goalkeeping. So that for me, it it seems like a pointless tactic unless you've actually got an aerial presence. Whacking the ball into the box with crosses seems to be a, a fruitless endeavour, but we did see Brazil, who were a stark contrast to the other teams, utilising their aerial ability and scoring headers in their game whilst also showing the ability to carve teams open. I encourage you to head onto YouTube. If you're not watching this World Cup, get yourself onto YouTube and seek out that third goal for Brazil. It was scored by Bia Zanaretto at the start of the second half and definitely for me the goal of the tournament so far. Tamirez on the near side as Dabina. Dabina making strides up against Castillo. Little exchange with Adriana. This is lovely play. It's fantastic play. It's 3-0 Brazil. Bia Zanaretto. Sublime from the South Americans. Hello everyone, it was indeed a great start for Brazil here in Adelaide against Panama. Not only for the result, of course, 4-0 is quite impressive for a first match, for a debut in a World Cup, but also for the way the Brazilian team played, the fluidity that they showed and the amount of chances they created. That was quite impressive. The numbers are, are quite outstanding because 34 shots, 11 on target, 4 goals scored, of course, and a clean sheet, which is also very important for Pia Sonhaj because she demands that a lot from her players. The the awareness, the tactical awareness and the solidity back there. And the truth is, Panama almost didn't create anything, especially on the first half. And of course, we have to talk about Ari Borges, uh, the player who scored a hat-trick in her debut in a World Cup. Look at that. She's only... 23 years old and she was outstanding for Brazil. She's one of the faces of this renewing process that Brazil has been going through under Pia Sondhage in the past four years. So it was quite uh, special to see Ari scoring three goals uh, and entering, making history for, for Brazil in a World Cup, of course. But all the players, we spoke to them uh, after the match in the mixed zone and they're very aware that against France, for example, things are going to be very different. They're going to be uh, much. Uh, they're going to be more tested, especially the defensive line, because France creates more chances, of course. But now they're really enjoying not only the result, but the way the Brazilian team played, the maturity that they showed. Yes, yeah, so Brazil definitely for me the most impressive team so far, and they do heading to that key game next against the French that could 
determine the winner of that group. France, one of the less impressive teams, along with the likes of England and the USA, who started off with a nil-nil draw, a disappointing nil-nil draw in their opener. But we'll talk more about France shortly. That's going to be the final game that we cover. We're also going to look at the game between England and Denmark. But first, let's have a look at the next game here for the host nation, Australia. Australia do top their group after Canada started off with a draw against Nigeria and Australia will be hoping to do better here against the Nigerians. They are the one to two favourites to win this game. It's 16 to five on the draw and it's seven to one here against uh, on the Nigerians. If Australia win this game, they will obviously have one foot into the next round and will be well on the way to winning this group. But like their last game, I see a tight and cagey affair here, especially if Sam Kerr is unable to make the game again. And I think that's very likely. Sam Kerr looks unlikely to make this game and may even miss the entire group stage. And for that reason, I look for another tight and cagey encounter that's going to be won by a single goal. I do think that goal will fall to Australia. I actually like the Australia women to win this game by a one goal scoreline, which is available individually at five to one. So definitely worth a sprinkle out plus 500. But my main play is going to be on under two and a half goals. And if you look at the tournament so far, under two and a half goals has been free money on a daily basis. Under two and a half goals has also been a winning bet in each of Australia's last four games. While Nigeria, they have now only conceded one goal across their last four. They come into this one having held Canada to a nil-nil draw in the opener, which is an impressive result. And I think there's no reason to suggest this won't be a tight and low-scoring affair here in Brisbane as well. Australia come into this one having won 10 of their last 11 games. And I think they'll do the same as what they did against Ireland. That was another tricky encounter. Everything here is proving to be much trickier than it was on paper because the level for those smaller teams has improved. And what we've definitely seen improve is their capability to be disciplined and sit in with a defensive low block. And I think that could be the case here again. Nigeria have shown resolve in defence lately anyway, with three clean sheets across the last four and have only, and only conceded more than once in one of the last 21 games, shipping 20 goals during that run. So you have to certainly respect them defensively here. And looking at the fact that they've only shipped two goals once in their last 21 outings adds more weight to the 1-0 prediction here. So I'm going to take Australia to pick up the win as my selection on this game. But my main betting leans will be to take under two and a half goals, which is available at four to five minus 125. And a sprinkle on Australia to nick this via a one nil scoreline, which is available at five to one plus 500. Before we move on to looking at England's next game in this competition, let me quickly tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and the NFL season is right around the corner and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests and of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4 where first place gets $1 million. To get involved, head over to sports, uh, sorry, to get involved, head over to underdogfantasy.com, use a promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus. Up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and your promo code SGPN. Up next, we look at England, who for me, other than France, 
were the least impressive of the favourites in the opening round. They scraped to a 1-0 win against Haiti and needed a penalty to do that. More on that later. England are the 1-2 favourites to beat Denmark here at 16-5 on the draw. And the Danes here are available at 7-1. Yeah, England are really struggling to find the back of the net. Um, They have kept three clean sheets in a row and they should be able to find a goal here that helps them extend that run against Denmark. But they have failed to score a goal now from open play. Obviously, that doesn't count penalties. Penalties not from open play. So they haven't scored a proper goal from open play in the last four matches. So they're going to need something here against the Danes, who were themselves a touch fortunate to win their opener. They netted a late winner against the Chinese, who could have taken something from that game. They were the better side, but were not the better finishers. So ultimately, Denmark came away with a victory that was stolen. So we have two pretty unimpressive teams here. A couple of leans I have for this game would be England to get the win, but to win to nil. So to tack that on, giving you the price of six to five on the selection. But I also like under two and a half goals here once again. Because I don't think we're very likely to see both teams finding the net in this game. Both teams to score has landed in just one of the first 18 games at the World Cup. Both teams have only scored in one of Denmark's last eight matches. And there have also been seven 1-0 wins in the first 18 games of this World Cup so far. So... We tipped, we tipped it for the last game for Australia and it would not surprise me to see England scraping out a 1-0 win here again, given that they have not netted from open play in any of their last four and are definitely not clicking going forward. So they tried to downplay the fact that several key players were missing this World Cup, but it looks like having an impact. And if England are able to win this group and they are able to get through to that quarterfinal, I would be heavily favouring the Z Germans at the moment to be able to knock England out. I certainly do not see England getting beyond those quarterfinals, playing the way they are at the moment. And I cannot think of any reason why things are going to improve. You could argue chemistry, you could argue rust, but they've known about these injuries for a while and they simply haven't been able to find a back of the net. It's now four games without a goal from open play. I do think they'll have enough to get past Denmark because Denmark didn't show me anything here in their first game. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a much shorter tournament for England than people anticipated. And I look for a quarterfinal exit when they come up against the Germans. Um, And just to touch on that, to correct myself, um, when I was doing the future show, I did actually put Germany on the wrong side of the group. So I spent so much time analysing it and and memorising data um, that I didn't actually do that show with the notes in front of me, which was complacent and slightly arrogant on my part. So I actually placed Germany to qualify on the USA side when I did that show. They're actually going to be on the England side. They're actually going to be England's opponents if both teams are able to win their groups and navigate their round of 16 game. And that's a game where I think Germany will put England out of this World Cup unless England significantly improve. And um, I don't see anything that suggests that England are going to significantly improve. So for the final game, we're going to look at what is arguably the game of the round as France and Brazil battle, on paper at least, to determine the group winner. France are the favourites here to win this game. They are priced up at 
5-4 to four to win the game. It's 11-5 to five on the draw. And Brazil are the underdogs here at 7-4. to four. I think if anyone watched these two teams play in the opening game, it does make a little bit of a mockery of that line. Now, that has moved a little bit. France were initially the 11-10 to 10 favourites and close to even money in some places. They have now moved out to 5-4. to four, So there has been a little bit of adjustment. But ultimately, France still come in as the favourites to win. And perhaps that's because of the ranking going into the tournament. Perhaps it's down to the history between the two sides. France have managed to avoid a defeat in the last 11 meetings against Brazil, although they have only won five of those with six draws. But the goal differential favours France by 16 goals to nine. So if there is going to be a likely winner based on history, you would say it would be France. France also won at the last meeting between the two sides. And when France get ahead in this fixture, they win 100% of the matches. So the first goal could be crucial because also Brazil, once they lead 1-0, they've won 100% of the matches against France as well. So there hasn't been any kind of comeback in these meetings, which is why I think the first goal will be very, very key. Brazil come into this one with a very, very strong defensive record. As we know, they won the Copa America without concession of a goal, which we covered on the future show. And for me, that just gives them much more momentum alongside their opening performance coming into this game against France, who looked lacklustre. This wasn't just a case of France being unlucky and coming up against a very good defensive low block. France didn't create anything in that game whatsoever. They looked very, very poor. They looked like a team whose price was completely unjustified. And I felt like Jamaica very, very comfortably came away with a point from that game. I just don't see a very, very different version of France turning up here. I thought these teams were relatively equal going into the tournament. I was tempted to take Brazil on as the second favourites and have a little sprinkle on them. I didn't. I have actually now pulled the trigger on that over at lockbetting.com. I pulled the trigger on Brazil straight after the France performance because the line adjustment was only slight. It was from six to four to five to four. So it was before Brazil played and it's obviously changed significantly after that. Brazil were coming to this game with no pressure, which suits them as well, because they're not the team that need to win. France are the ones who've started with one point, and France know they're in trouble if they lose this game. Brazil are quite capable of sitting in, doing what other teams have done so far. We've seen very low-caliber teams sit in and be able to execute a defensive low block effectively. So a talented team like Brazil will be able to do it a lot more efficiently, and they'll also be a huge threat on the counter-attack. So whilst France tend to... will will be forced almost to overcommit women forward that will leave gaps for Brazil to exploit and I believe with their ability and the way that they carved Panama open at will in the opening game that will leave France susceptible to a counter-attack from a team who are more than capable of doing it so this is a dangerous situation for France do they overcommit here do they desperately need the win or do they rely on winning their final game and allowing themselves to qualify with five points or do they try and go all out to win the group and leave themselves exposed at the back going into that final game with just a single point because Brazil come away with the win here. I think it's going to be 
a case of both things being applicable here. I think that France will dominate the ball possession and will go out and chase this game more than Brazil. But I think they'll mainly do that in the final 30 minutes. So it would not surprise me to see a tight and cagey first half with neither team trying to overcommit. Brazil being happy with the point and being able to sit back and look for counter-attacking opportunities whilst France dominate the ball possession, but don't overcommit people while still, I think, lacking that cutting edge. It did not, it did not, it was not there in the first game and I do not see it suddenly appearing in this one. They looked very, very disjointed. They didn't look like the USA, for example, who did manage to muster up 28 shots and just weren't hitting the target. This wasn't a case of poor finishing like it was for the USA. This was just flat out poor. And that's the main difference. So I think under two and a half goals for me is a standout play here that's available at three to four. As for the winner of the game, it's difficult to pick a winner. I certainly wouldn't want to be on the money line, but I think my lean here would be to take Brazil in the draw-no-bet market as an underdog at even money, plus 100. There is some 11 to 10, plus 110 if you shop around on Brazil. I think they are the team with the advantage. I think they were the team who looked far more fluid and compact. They looked better at both ends of the field because France did actually give up chances to Jamaica, which would be even more concerning because Brazil are going to be lethal in that situation. And I do believe that opportunities will present themselves on the counter-attack as France are the team with the greater need. And Brazil will be able to take one of those chances and emerge with the win that puts France in big trouble. Ultimately, I think France will still go on to qualify from this group. I do believe they'll pick up the win against Panama. I'm not entirely sure that Jamaica will be able to pick up a win against Panama. If that is the case, if Jamaica do win, then it all comes down to the final day. But um, France will be hoping that they can pad their goal difference against Panama and put out a performance much like Brazil did. But I just don't see that performance in them at the moment. And I do strongly feel that Brazil will go on to win this group. Closing out with your lock on the show. Now, we can go in two directions here. If you aren't on board with the futures that we have for USA to win this group and for USA to reach the semi-finals of this competition, then jump on board now and take USA on the money line to beat the Netherlands. The USA have dominated that fixture over the years and I do think that they'll turn up and be more prolific in front of goal, have a little bit more cutting edge and manage to win this game. I'm just concerned about USA moving forward, but I don't think the Netherlands are the same Netherlands they've been over the past three, four years. And therefore, I do think USA can take advantage of that. But if you do have the futures with us, do not get involved with the third play here. I will find you something different. And that's going to be to take the under in the game between Australia and Nigeria. This game has a 1-0 or even a 0-0 written all over it. The data does significantly favour that. As I mentioned earlier, Nigeria, despite being the significant underdogs here for this game, have only conceded more than once in one of their 21 games. Australia here, they come into this without Sam Kerr. That's a big loss. Under two and a half goals has been a winning bet in Australia's last four games. 
But Australia have won 10 of their last 11. So if anybody does win this, I believe it would be them. And I'm still recommending a small sprinkle on the 1-0 scoreline because that's really the only way I see this ending. I see it ending 1-0 to Australia or just petering out into a nil-nil draw, much like the Nigerians already had a nil-nil draw against Canada. So I think they're going to come here with a with a defensive low block and Australia will have to break them down. And I think ultimately that leads to under three goals being scored. And therefore that is your lock on the show, unless you miss those futures on the USA, in which case take the USA on the money line to pick up the win against the Netherlands. That's it for me and this World Cup update. Good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening.